I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels here, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. This is a really exciting episode, hopefully for everyone, but especially for me. I was a, well, my my childhood was really, I, I was, yeah. I don't want to say exactly when I was born, but uh, the 90s <laughs> was like the big time for me as a kid. So we have a guest co-host tonight who I am going to fan out on a little bit because she was a huge part of my childhood. It's Lori, and Lori is better known as Ice from American Gladiators. Lori, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Hey, Noah, thanks for having me on. It's very exciting, and I'm, I'm excited to talk about, you know, the ghost stories and what you got going here and our, our guest. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you. Yeah, and speaking of our guest, Tyler is going to share some really interesting haunted tales that he emailed in about. Um, Tyler, thank you so much for joining us tonight as well. I'm ready to talk about them. Awesome. Well, before we jump into Tyler's stories, I did want to kind of introduce our audience to Lori. So Lori, you have had a really cool career in the, I guess you call it public eye, the zeitgeist, you know, <laughs> um, in Hollywood, what have you. And you've kind of been brought back into focus with this Netflix documentary, Muscle and Mayhem, an unauthorized story of Amer American gladiators. I binged through that and 
it's funny how, you know, people talk about, uh, you know, they get a certain smell and it brings them back to a certain amount of time, a certain place in time. Watching that documentary, it's like just I'm getting chills now, just hearing that intro music to American Gladiators <laughs> just brought me right back to be an impressionable kid, you know, because back then it was like He-Man, Hulk Hogan, you know, it was all these bigger than life folks. And then here you all were, it was like superheroes battling it out with, uh, you know, <laughs> pedestrians that were trying their best to, to go after you guys. What has it been like for you to be back in the spotlight now after, you know, having such a thriving period in the late 80s to the mid 90s? Oh, no, I, I am literally eating up every single moment and minute of this because, you know, back then, I mean, I hate to say it, but yes, it was like 30 years ago, you know, I mean, I was I was immersed in it, you know, so I, I felt like I was living the moment. But at the same time, I mean, when you're taken out of it, you just go, oh, wait, wait, I, I want to experience more, <laughs> you know. But when the show ended, you know, that's that's what happens, you know, when a big show like that ends. But, you know, here we are 30 years later and it's like I heard something the other day on television. You only get one chance at life twice. And I'm like, I like that. This is my twice. This is my second time. And I am just literally eating it up, living in the moment and anything that's out there. I'm, I'm seriously just going after. You know? I think that's so cool because you you came through at a period of time where fame was fame. I mean, it you, you know you you guys if, if for people who haven't seen the documentary, you get to see how there's a period of time where the gladiators went on tour and they were essentially like living the rock star lifestyle, going city to city. Whereas now, um, you know, you got people like me and and influencers and different people who who. I'm not famous, but I mean, our podcast over has over a million downloads. And I just say that to say like, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> but you like now you can kind of get shifted into a category, you know, kind yeah. of work in that category and then and achieve some level, I guess, notoriety is maybe, maybe the better word. But back then pre social media and all that stuff. I mean, it was like, you guys were like heroes on TV. What what was that? like? I mean, I love asking people about that have broken through the zeitgeist. It's rare that I get to ask somebody who broke through it back when fame was really fame. Was it just an unreal experience? It, it, it really was. And as you were explaining what you're explaining, you know, explaining right now, as far as like, you know, people like yourself and, and um, influencers, and I mean, we can look in JLo's closet, you know, yeah. and, and back then celebrities were kind of like untouchable, unobtainable. And if you saw them in a restaurant, just by chance, you're like, oh my God, there they are, you know, kind of thing. But now it's like all over social media. So it's taken the the enigma and the stigma and all of that super celebrityness. kind of, it's kind of like, oh, oh, okay, no big deal. You know, it's yeah. different. You're 100% right. It's so different right now. It's, you know, kind of like going in this climate um, but what, okay. So your question was, how did, how did I feel and break through that? It's interesting because I think at the time when I tried out for the American gladiators, I wasn't even looking into the fame and all that. I was just an athlete and I wanted to compete so bad and being a female, I didn't have a lot of opportunities. You know, there wasn't a lot of opportunities for females to go pro in all these different sports. So when American gladiators came along, I was just like, oh, this is it. You know, this is this is my chance to fame. 
in an athletic way. So to break through that barrier and we didn't, we didn't know how big the show was going to be. I mean, the show wasn't that big when I actually got on it and it just like, boom, took off. Yeah. And, and it's funny because uh, my girlfriend says when she's watching the documentary and I'm like running around the, the arena in the fourth episode, just like, you know, she goes, you look like you're having, what, what word did she use? She made up a word and it, she goes, it's like an, it's like an egogasm. I know I go, oh my God, it was, it was totally the biggest ego boost. And just like this oh, kind of fame kind of feeling of having all those people just chant your name. And, and it's just something you can't even really describe. Well, it's, it's funny. I texted a friend of mine who's um, a producer and, and I was like, Hey dude, ice is coming on my podcast. How wild is that? And he like, couldn't believe it. And he was like, she was literally the first crush I ever had on somebody on television, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm sure you hear that kind of stuff all the time. If so, let's say you're coming through now you're 18, 19, you know, you're, you're, your same athletic self. I mean, you're known for having a aggressive competitive mentality would you see yourself maybe trying to go like the mma route is that something that would interest you it's interesting because after the gladiator somebody said i want to teach you how to box mm. i think you should go into boxing and i looked at him i go i don't want to go into boxing i'm gonna get hit and they're like no no really <laughs> we're gonna train you you won't get hit i go i'm gonna get hit <laughs> you know um, I think that if I could avoid the face being hit in the face maybe i might go mma route but Man, I see those girls. Okay, so here's the thing. If I were to do it all over again, and I knew what we're into right now, if you're asking what sport I would go into, believe it or not, probably would have started golfing when I was 10. Yeah. Because this, that is, okay, I, I have a huge passion for golf right now, that's why. But at the same time, it's like, I could have played college. I could have went on the pro team. Yeah. You know, I could have toured until you know, whenever, and then, then, then when even, you know, toured on the senior, senior league, possibly, yeah, yeah, absolutely. but you're, you're out there, you're, you know, in the limelight and you're making bank and yet golf is a blast. I love it. But I'll tell you probably even when I was 18, 19, I always called golf, the lazy man sport. So, <laughs> That's funny. Who knows? Uh, well, we should say your podcast that you have chilling with ice yes. for people that want a, a little bit more of a deep dive into some of the other gladiators and your life is a great place to check out and get that. And speaking of that, one thing I noticed while I was watching the documentary, I mean, you all, you know, uh, seemed like you handled that spotlight of, of being an interviewee and having to also kind of transcribe the narrative of, you know, what took place in your life at that period. But I noticed specifically, you seemed really natural in that spot of, of you know, telling that story, being asked those questions, because typically, I mean, you know, the way they'll do that is a lot of times they'll ask you the question, and then they're like, okay, retell the question in your answer. Was there something that um, happened from the time that you stopped filming the show to to that documentary that prepared you for that? Because it's funny, like when I saw you on there, I was like, oh yeah, Ice was one of my favorite gladiators. And also, man, she's killing this. I, I wonder if I could get her to come on the podcast. How did you handle that so well? Well, it's it, we had a little bit, a little bit of media training when we were doing gladiators and we were going around the United States on that six month tour. So we did have a little bit of media training. But I've always really enjoyed interviewing people and being interviewed. And actually, I wanted to go into radio at one point in time. So when the podcast idea came about, I'll be honest, I didn't know 
where I was going to go with it in the very beginning of it. And then I'm like, oh my God, we're doing this documentary. And really how that came about was when I was doing my TikTok videos, I was getting some traction. And then all of a sudden I started getting like people messaging me going, wow, I had no idea you had this kind of personality. I had no idea you were funny. I had no idea. And I was thinking, nobody knows us. Nobody knows who we are behind that uniform. So I decided when I created my podcast, Chilling with Ice, that I'm going to grab the gladiators and I'm going to start diving deep into what, what made you become a gladiator? How, you know, like more deeper questions than what we normally get on an interview. And so I just absolutely have been having a blast with these, you know, with the, with um, all the gladiators. And I've actually had a couple people go, I love your interviews. I love what you're doing with this, but what happens when you run out of gladiators? <laughs> well, you never run out of yourself, you know? right? Like, you exactly. Are, the right? are you kidding? I'm like, I, the world is at my, dis, you know, my, I hate to say it, but it's like so cliche. The world is my oyster. I can do whatever I want yeah. with it. But right now it's just like, I'm having so much fun with the podcast and people are just loving it. Yeah. And so I'm just taking as far as I can go. And it's just, it's going to transform, you know, it's going to transform into something else and it's going to transition and it's going to go through some different things. So it's just going to be a really fun episode and, and different things going in that direction. Yeah. I mean, honestly, there are a few things better than nostalgia. Um, and, and we're seeing that with like certain movies that are being made now, right? Like the Barbie movie that's going to be really popular is really popular and, and just right. Uh, Netflix especially does a good job of, of pulling that nostalgia medium out onto their platform. So mm -hmm. it's, it's cool to see somebody like you take, you know, what gladiators, which can seem not cartoonish, but like bigger than life. Right. And it's just right, like, look right. at these amazing athletes competing and kind of pull the mask off of that and show the human side. Because I think we, especially if, as Americans, like we don't necessarily think about the human side behind athletes, especially like football, basketball kind of gets a pass because they're not wearing helmets all the time, but <laughs> <laughs> I worked at a sports agency right, for like right. a short period of time. And I realized very quick, like, oh, these football players run every spectrum of life, just like everybody else. Some are really smart, right. some, are, some are nice, some are me, you know, whatever. So I, I think it's cool for people to kind of get that peek uh, behind the American gladiators and all the contenders. Well, I could interview you for like the rest of time. I but know. Well, I on, on that, on that note, I will say this before we go into your guest is on my, I actually have a Patreon and on my Patreon, I actually do bonus episodes and oh, on nice. those bonus episodes, I do rapid fire questions and everybody loves them because of the fact that they're like, okay, so all of a sudden this person became human, like saber, you know, or right. zap or whoever it's like, because I'm asking him these like normal, normal yeah. everyday questions. And people are like, oh my God, I can totally relate to that. And so they love that aspect of it, you know, but yeah, yeah, it's just been a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm very excited of, of where it's going. I would love to see like a real world, uh, some kind of real world situation where all of you are back in a house together. I, I don't know what the, the gimmick would be, but I would we, tune into that every we, week. Dude, we are trying to do like a reunion show of some sort. You know, I personally want to take a re that reunion show on a small tour around the major cities, New York, Florida, California, Chicago, and do like a signing tour with literally yeah. the entire team. Is, that's, that's what I'm trying to 
you know, put together yeah. somehow, some way. So I'm putting it out in the universe. <laughs> One thing we ask all the people on the show is where they fall in what we call the believo meter. Zero meaning they don't believe in ghosts. Ten ghosts are absolutely real. Lori, where do you fall on that scale? I'm going to say an eight. And I did want to hear uh, one story from you that that we kind of talked about off air, but can you tell that uh, Sam Simon story? It was amazing. Absolutely. Um, I had a very good friend of mine. His name was Sam Simon, and I lived with him for a brief moment. Um, very, you know, it was very platonic. He was a good friend of mine. And um, he is the creator, one of the creators of The Simpsons. When I actually was in his home, we were talking one time because I heard it's a two-story home. And I heard a, a noise upstairs and I was like, dude, what is, and he goes, don't worry. He goes, the house is haunted. And I started laughing when he said it, to be honest with you. He goes, no, I'm not even joking. He goes, like the second year I was here, all of a sudden it was one of these situations to where I woke up in the middle of the night and there was a woman standing at, you know, the, the end of my bed. And I was like, holy shit, what, what? That would like scare me to death. He goes, no. He goes, she had a very pleasant look on her face. And she just stood there and she was watching me sleep. And the next thing I know, she came and sat down on the bed next to me. Oh. And yeah, it just like he was telling the story. And I was like, oh, this is like, were you drunk? <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, no, I was not. And so he goes, I've realized that she lives here in the house. You know, she she passed away in the house and she lives in this house. So he kind of like, you know, said, if you see anything or hear anything, don't be afraid, whatever this is, you know, she lives in the house. I was like, okay. So of course, one night I'm in there and I get home and it's like one in the morning and he's out and he's gone and it's a, it's a big house. <laughs> and I was upstairs and I went into my bedroom and I, I seriously heard something very, very distinct in the house. And I kind of looked around the corner, looked down the hallway. It was, it was quiet. It was dark. <laughs> I went about my business in the bedroom and I was going to take a shower at the moment. I heard something else and I was like, oh, hell no, I am out. <laughs> and I literally, because he wasn't, he wasn't going to be home all night. I literally got my stuff and left because I'm like, okay, I'm sure she lives here. She might not like me here. <laughs> You know, and she's going to fuck with me. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so oh that gosh. was that was one of the little kind of things I, I experienced. I, I know that the house, I, I don't know if the house was haunted, but there was definitely a ghost that lived in the house. There's no wow. doubt. And like I told you before, I think I've experienced my my cats, you know, mm. my different cats that have passed away. I've caught them out of the corner of my eye. I have felt like, you know, possibly walking on the bed. Um, and people do say your, your pets stick around, Yeah, you know? Yeah. So wow. that's kind of, it's kind of, kind of cool. That's kind of cool. The animal ones are pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. You know? This episode of the Real Hauntings, Real Ghost Stories podcast is brought to you by Wild Grain. Hey everyone, it's Noah Daniels, and I'm here to talk to you again about Wild Grain. Our last shipment of Wild Grain was so good that my four-year-old cannot stop asking for more of that awesome bread with dinner. And I'm not going to lie, I'm right there with him. And honestly, there's nothing quite like the smell of fresh bread baked coming from the oven. What if I told you that you too could get that delicious experience of homemade bread with none of the time and work involved? Well, you can by ordering from Wild Grain. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. 
and you can now fully customize your wild grain box. So you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com hauntings. That's wildgrain.com hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Well, thank you for sharing those. Uh, Absolutely. I, I think our audience will enjoy those stories and just enjoy hearing from you overall. So Tyler, let's shift into your story. Uh, you are here to tell us some ghost stories. Thank you so much for coming on tonight with Lori and I. So Tyler, I want to ask you the same question. Where do you fall on the Blevo meter? Zero, meaning you don't believe in ghosts and 10 ghosts are absolutely real. I'd probably go about a four and a half. Really? With the yeah. stories you wrote in, you feel like you're a four and a half. That's impressive. Okay. They were so far and few between. And, you know, you see videos and all that. And so blatantly fake on videos and edited, yada, yada, yada. Just kind of downplays how much I actually believe in it. Okay. All right. Hey, fair enough. I'm not here to judge. I mean, you know, when we started this podcast, the three hosts, Kat, JJ, and I, we were all skeptics of varying levels. Now I'm like a nine on the scale because I've experienced uh, <laughs> too much now. But so Tyler, I want to hear Tyler's story. I mean, if you're a four and a half on the believer, but yet you had an experience. Yeah. One from Huntsville. It's I'd probably say about 15 miles from Sam Houston State University. Uh, I don't know the actual name of the road. I did at one time, but that was five, six years ago. Uh, we had gone down that road and me and my buddy both had Jeeps at the time. So, you know, you take tops off and well, they both had soft tops on them, which are really easy to dust sticks to them really easy. So there's cemetery at the end of this road. It, it's Deem Demons Road because apparently you're supposed to see like eyes in your rearview mirror when you're driving down the road. We didn't really see any any of that, unfortunately. But we get to the cemetery, and you know we're walking around the cemetery, just kind of looking at all the graves and kind of just walking around, having a good time. Well, about three three thirty in the morning rolls around. It's starting to get uh, a little foggy out and we see eyes out in the forest, which in the country parts of Texas, there's a very good chance those are coyotes. So we start hightailing it back to our Jeeps 
and we get back to get back to him and on his there are handprints on his uh back driver side uh, i guess plastic and there were three or four of us but we were all 17 and up we none of us have hands that small they were probably the palm of a usual adult male's hand so that part threw us off a little bit didn't really think too too much of it because there were coyotes 100 yards away so we just got in the jeeps hightailed it out there uh so we go back to our hometown it's called magnolia texas about like hour north of houston area ish he starts saying his back hurts or it burns and we're like what do you mean it burns we haven't we've just been sitting in the cars for the past like hour what are you talking about he pulls up the back of his shirt and he's got an actual adult handprint on his back like you know when you slap somebody really hard you can see the handprint wow. it was like that but it was drawn down his back and that that part really threw us off because to make a mark like that you'd have to hit him pretty hard we'd all been sitting there for an hour so the, nobody could have hit him especially while he was driving so did it freak you out like when yeah. you saw the the handprint on his back were you guys like oh my god or was it just like oh that's a handprint I would have I would have been like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, what is that? that? Definitely <laughs> threw us off a little bit. I, I took a step back and was like, okay, there's something definitely happened out there because there was no way that a handprint like that just appears on someone's back. That just doesn't happen. Yeah, that's creepy. Tyler, with the lore of like that demons road and seeing eyes and stuff, had anybody else spoken about being like physically assaulted by the paranormal in that area? No, no, nobody that I know. I've read a few stories online about it happening. Well, listen, um, I know you've got a sleep paralysis story and one other. So let's jump into that sleep paralysis story. That one in my bedroom, I had a little race car bed at the time. Which is what my kid has right now. Great. Continue. It's, they're awesome. <laughs> I love it. If I could have one now, I would, but it would look childish. <laughs> So I remember just waking up at one point. It was relatively early in the morning. The sun was out, but my lights were off. So like I read pretty thin shades. So the sun could easily come into the room, light everything up. And so I wake up thinking it's normal morning, but I can't, I can't move. I, the only thing that I can move is my eyes and towards like the bottom not the bottom, the uh, end of my bed, I just see something start to raise up. So, you know, normal people, when you get up off the ground, you bend, you bend your knees, arms, all that. This just had come up kind of like, uh, that's a good way to put this, it's kind of like how uh, on the old TV reels, on how it just kind of floats up onto the screen. Mm -hmm. It was like that, but it wasn't a shadow or anything because it was completely pitch black and it had uh basically an outline of it I, there's no really better way to put that because it had no other features other than just a standing looked like a standing cat almost because it had ears oh god on top of its head but i'm just standing there looking at it and the adrenaline starts going and everything starts happening to where a point where 
I eventually break out of it and just let out a scream so loud that when my mom ran into the room, she thought something was actually going wrong with me. Like I was being hurt or something. And she didn't believe me because, well, time I was like five or six and like, oh, you just had a nightmare. But I was awake. I saw it. Well, it's wow. impressive that you remember something from when you're five or six. That's a major struggle for me. I don't, I don't know what that says about me. It's but one of the only things. Okay. That and my uh, first day of kindergarten are one of the, <laughs> the only things I remember. The two traumatic things in yeah. your life. <laughs> Lori, have you, have you ever experienced sleep paralysis? No, thank God. When he was just explaining that, I was just like, absolutely not. That, that right there alone would freak me out. Yeah, it's you it's know. a it's a creepy thing. I, I have it every now and then where a spider drops down, and then my son is three. And, yeah, my son is three, and the other night he's much like Tyler described. He screamed like super loud. I, I run in, and he's like, "There's a spider in my bed. There's a spider in my bed." And I was like, "Oh no, he's got it too." <laughs> you know, and like I had to literally because he's three, I had to pull everything out one by one, flip the mm-hmm. match like to show him like. I was like, buddy, it's just kind of like a dream thing that happens sometimes. And isn't yeah, that was... strange how it's like we can all have the same type of dreams? Yes. I find that so bizarre. Yeah. You know, it's, it's uh no, yeah, I don't have I don't have sleep paralysis type of things. I have more like tidal wave dreams. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Um, in my dream, I'm let's say in uh, um, I don't know, maybe in a house or something and the waves are coming and I can literally see the wave coming and it's going to like crash over the house and I run out of the house and I start running up a hill and it's coming towards like I just keep running up the hill and the tidal wave keeps getting bigger and bigger and I'm literally running from it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that would be terrifying. It, It is. And what I was told is that that with that dream. I'm obviously feeling very overwhelmed with something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, and the tidal wave is, you know, this. So I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so it's yeah. not like you've taken on a bunch of stuff recently. So I can't imagine. Yeah, right. <laughs> I haven't had one in a long time, but man, they're, they're creepy. They're yeah. so creepy. Oh, goodness. Um, well, Tyler, you've got one more story, and I'm really excited. Well, that sounds weird when somebody's about to tell you something horrible that happened to them. But I know, right? <laughs> I, I do want to hear this story. So if you could share that with us, it'd be great. Absolutely. My mom had a little office space in the corner of our living room area because it was right next to the window. So she gets on while she worked because she worked from home. So on uh, computers and all that, there's always lights blinking for whatever servers or boards are on monitors on so it always has lights on it so at the time i was probably 14 13 14 somewhere in there and i'm walking it's like 1 a.m i'm walking down the stairs get a midnight snack and i'm just using my phone screen as a flashlight because technically i'm not supposed to be up and don't want to wake my parents up so walking real quiet down the stairs and about halfway down the stairs, it turns into uh, not a balcony, but they kind of open up to where you can see the living room. And I always turned my head to where her office spot was so I could get a grasp, grasp of where I'm at on the stairs. So this particular night, I look over there and it's just pitch black. I don't see any lights, nothing at all. And... I'm like, 
hey, mom, is, is that you? Because on occasion, she would do two overnights a year, transferring stuff from servers to servers in different cities, whatever. And I see something turn because I see lights pop up and then disappear. So something turned to look at me and I said, mom, one more time. And like, right as I finished saying it, all the lights on the computer went completely off. The lights in the kitchen went off and my phone died. Well, my phone was, it had some charge to it. I'd been playing on it in bed, but I had it plugged in. It was roughly like 65% somewhere in there. But I go to turn my phone screen back on and my phone's completely dead. Zero charge. I looked back up, didn't see anything, turned around and just darted back to my room. <laughs> Plugged my phone in and sure enough, it was 0%. And I had to let it charge for like 15 minutes before it even showed back up on my screen that it had a charge. That was probably one of the scariest moments of my life. Well, Tyler, okay. So here's one reason I was excited to hear that story. So you told the story about the sleep paralysis where this dark entity you felt like stood over you. Do you think this was the same entity that you saw staring back at you? Was it the same home? It it could have been. I'm not sure because it was so far apart and it was that neighborhood was built in like 99, 2000. There wasn't nobody died or anything traumatic in the neighborhood. It was just uh, your regular run of the mill neighborhood in the sticks. Well, Lori, that sounds like what would have happened to you in Sam Simon's house had you stuck around. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting because it's kind of like as I'm listening to his story, you know, I have heard other stories to where you can pick up spirits that will actually follow you home. You know, so I don't know, maybe there was a possibility at one point in time, one of his parents or something like that. I don't know. It's and it, and what he's describing, and yet he's only on a four and a half on that meter. Yeah, I would. I would be like, I'd probably be at. I'd probably be at an eight. Yeah, because of the fact that I think that whenever I got you know scared to shit out of him, I'd be like, okay, I believe now. That yeah, that story, Tyler. Forget about it. I would have been out of the house. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, and Tyler, how old were you then? Did you say? I was probably like 14, 13, 14, somewhere in there. Okay. Yeah. Wow, man, that's uh. And so when that happens to you. I'm I'm always curious. Now, I think when you're young, sometimes we have, a, I hate to call it a gift to kind of move on in life because we don't have the ability to do anything other than that. Right. How did you just like wake up the next morning and like, all right, saw a dark entity in the room and all the lights turned off and my phone died. <laughs> I mean, did your parents believe you? Were you scared for a little bit? What happened? Uh, I was scared. The, the following couple nights after that, it was a little tough to go to sleep. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for sharing that story. Lori, did you have any more questions for Tyler? No, I think it was, uh, that was pretty cool, actually. I mean, I, I think that he's going to probably have some more encounters throughout his life. I do. God, I hope not. <laughs> no, I think I, I think you will. The only reason I say that is because you've already experienced a couple of them, you know, kind of mean. And who knows? Maybe it's kind of like you're a little bit more, like you said, you're obsessed with ghost hunters. You know what I'm saying? So maybe there's a possibility to where it's like, okay, you're open to it. You're not really afraid of it, kind of thing in a way. I don't know. 
but you might have some more encounters throughout your life. But now that you're older, you won't be so freaked out over it. You just be like, oh, okay. Okay. I get you. Your spirit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and when you do, you know where to come to tell those stories about your new <laughs> experience. Well, Lori, I want to make sure we let our fans know exactly where they can find all of your great content. Can you share that with them? Thank you. Yes. Um, you can find Chillin' with Ice um, on my YouTube channel, which is Chillin' with Ice. I am across the board, wherever you listen to your podcast, Chillin' with Ice, Spotify, I, um, Apple pod Podcasts. Um, and then my, um, I have my Instagram and my TikTok, which is my name. Actually, it's not chilling with ice. It's Lori.ice.fetric. And that's spelled with an F. I think once you start putting Lori.ice, it'll just pop right up, but that's my Instagram and my, um, TikTok. So yeah, thank you for having me on. I'm like, I mean, if I have any ghost encounters, I mean, the next thing is we got to get my girlfriend on yeah, here. She 100%. actually has had ghost encounters. Yeah, let's do it anytime. Know? So Absolutely. it's kind of cool. Thank you both for coming on, Lori. This is really a dream come true. I never- Noah, thank you. If I could thank go back you, to my you. young self and say, hey, see that badass? One day you're going to get to talk to her over Zoom. Don't worry about what Zoom does. But <laughs> Wait a minute, happen. Noah, let, let me ask you this. When did, I mean, when did you start believing in ghosts and the spirits and the paranormal yeah. world? How yes. old were you? Yeah, so- when we started this podcast, I was probably like a four or five, but I was 12, I think, when I had my first. I've only had two what I would call real experiences. I was at a friend's house. Um, he had he lived in this antebellum mansion in this small town in Mississippi, like 1,200 people. Uh, and we were playing hide-go-seek in his room. He had a sister that was like two years younger than us. So she had a friend over, and I was it. They all had to go hide in the room. We turn off all the lights and it was a kind of hide and seek where you just stay wherever you are till the person yeah. finds you. So we could kind of scare them or whatever. We thought that was fun. So I'm walking in, my eyes are like adjusting to the dark light. And I see one of them take off running across the room. And I was just being a jerky teenager. I was like, oh, I'm going to get them for this. So I went to like smack them as they were running because they were like cheating or whatever. And my hand went right through them. Oh, and shit. then oh, the head geez. of the thing turned like this. And <gasps> it, it, it wasn't like a full-fledged face or anything. But as it turned, there were like two reflective eyes. I call it like a Jawa from Star Wars. That's kind of what it felt like. Um, <laughs> and we all screamed, ran out of the room, went to their playroom, turned on all the lights, didn't talk about it. But then that friend would come visit me in Atlanta. Uh, Pre-pandemic, we go to a concert like every couple of years. And I wonder if we were going to see Metallica and... I was like, hey, do you remember when we were kids playing hide? And that's as far as I got. He goes, and you tagged that ghost. And we all ran out screaming. <laughs> oh, shit. I, was oh, like, God. I was like, okay, all right. Well, there's some something there, right? So that always kind of made me interested. And, I, and I've, I've always had a fear of death. So that's also made me interested in the supernatural. Like kind of that, like, it's so cheesy, but you only live once mentality. Like yeah. I, I believe fear is your friend. Like that whole, all those cliches. Um and so I think that's the reason I really wanted to start the podcast. And then that story I told you from uh, last Halloween in Vegas, seeing that 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 boy ghost, which that one, I mean, I can close my eyes and still see. I can't really see the dad in my mind's eye, but the kid I can. And I think part of the reason is because I have a young child myself. It was just so like intense, right? But they, that that felt very non-threatening. Like I just felt like a fish in a fishbowl. Still freaked me out. Um, oh, Yeah. But, but that's really it. My wife, who's like a hardcore uh, non-believer, <laughs> we had something happen. We went on vacation with my parents in Pensacola, Florida, and our our son slept in the bed with them, uh, which we don't really allow him to do that kind of stuff. But, you know, whatever. We, he did it. And 
we were worried about him getting out of the bed with them and just like wandering around this, you know, uh, hotel that we were in. And we both woke up in the middle of the night, heard a disembodied voice of a child and thought it was our son. We, to the point where we turned on all the lights and we're like looking under the bed, looking in the closet. And I was like, okay, this is weird. So I went and kind of like snuck into my parents' room and just kind of peeked over and saw him laying in the bed. And I was like, did you just have your first paranormal experience? And she was like, no, let's go back to bed. I was like, come on, dude. You're like, just admit it already. So that's kind of where I am on that stuff. But uh, well, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you right now, uh, Noah, is um, I want you to come on my podcast. Yeah. And I want to, I want to, I want to talk paranormal and ghost stories with you. Please. Okay. I would. I think that would be so much fun because I have so many questions Yeah, that I'm sure that you have heard so many stories that my audience would love to hear that. Oh yeah. I've got a a clip that I can bring with me where at one point, um, this was probably about a year or so into the podcast. We had this 19 year old psychic medium who now is really famous back then. She was just somebody on TikTok who told one ghost story. It wasn't even like her brand or anything, Mm -hmm. but she's one of those six sense people that see dead people everywhere. And at the end, um, Kat goes, well, do you see anything like on any of our Zooms or anything? And she's like, yeah, there's an old lady standing between you and JJ. She's been there the whole time. She's wearing a robe and she's smoking a cigarette. And we were all just kind of like, okay. You know, I mean, there's not much we can do with that other than just be like, wow, that's neat. (laughs) Right. And started writing in saying, we heard a woman's whispery voice as soon as she said that and i went back through and uh listened to it again to that part and sure enough you hear like a you know but it's like a woman's voice you can't really make out the words i it freaked me out to the point where i threw my headset off i was like fuck that like that's so weird (laughs) and then it happened three more like really distinctive times and um after that i quit bringing attention to it because I didn't want it to be like our like a gimmicky kind of thing you know I was like if people hear it they hear it but uh yeah that's always a clip that is like really crazy like it's it's wow especially in an audio medium it's like you have your headset in and you hear it and it just it gives me chills um it's like right now the paranormal ghost world is exploding it's wild it's, and I don't know why that is. I mean, yeah. it's like, are we bored with everything else? I think, <laughs> you know, you know it, it's, it's so crazy. And because we do ours in like this long form medium, you know, of really giving people a chance to tell their story. It's, we've gotten to be friends with some of these paranormal influencers and stuff that are some of the biggest in the world. And it's just because they like coming on because they don't have any pressure. They need to share their stories and hearing some of their stories and stuff and, and seeing like how fans interact with them, like, it's kind of why it's just, there's so many different ways to live life. You know, yeah, it's, it's yeah. just, it's an yeah. interesting world that we live in an interesting time. Um, but Lori, Tyler, before we get out of here, if you guys are up to it, I'd love for you to do the outro with me for the podcast. It's extremely silly. It's embarrassing to ask an American gladiator to do this, but we will journey <laughs> on. Um, I will say my name, Lori, you will say your name, Tyler, you'll say your name. And then we all just go, woo at the end of it. Are you guys? okay? <laughs> right. Deal with that? I'm I'm Noah Daniels. I'm Lori Fetrick. I'm Tyler. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world 
that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwein, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.